3: I heart. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco,
4: I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who
0: are consumers of nicotine or tobacco.
5: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty show.
6: Uh, this is a guy on the street with a microphone asking questions to college-aged people. It looked like the uh, same beaches I was on just the other day near uh, Santa Monica and Venice. I agree. Let's hear it.
1: How many stars are on the United States flag?
3: 103.
1: 103? 103? Yeah. Um, 32. What ocean is on the east side of the United States? What ocean... Can I Google it? <laughs> you guys know this. I know this.
5: I don't know this.
1: What country is the Queen of England from?
5: I'm not a politics guy. I ain't
1: gonna lie. I don't know.
5: I really don't
0: know.
1: Just take a guess. Like, what country is the Queen of England from? Europe. I don't know. I don't know. I just take a guess. What's the capital of the United States? Um, the um, uh, there's a capital. Yeah, Lexi! Take a guess. Um... Um...
5: I don't know. Uh, Probably California.
1: Yeah, that's right. It is? No. The United States. Do we know? So, I knew he was going to embarrass us! <laughs> I know, do we? I, I don't want to think because I don't want to sound dead. Well, just... Uh, There's no capital in the Yeah, United literally. literally isn't just, is there no capital? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> was that right? No. Oh, f- <laughs> you guys are UCLA <laughs> we literally students? literally go to UCLA, uh, yeah. Who was the first president of the United States? Abraham Lincoln. Can you name the uh, three Kardashian sisters?
5: Uh, Kim, Courtney, and Chloe.
1: What are the three Kardashian sisters' names? Courtney, Kim, and Chloe. Chloe, Kim, Courtney, and Courtney. Yeah. bonus points for the brother? Um Robert. The Kardashian's brother's name. Uh, what? Rob. What are the Kardashian sisters' names? I don't even know. I ain't going to lie. don't know. That one, you get respect for me on that one.
4: I'd follow up with that young man. Do you know anything? (laughs) (laughs) Just go ahead and tell me anything you know.
6: So they not only graduated high school, but they got into and are attending UCLA and don't know the capital of the United States. I know they a don't know. lot
4: of really bright kids who could not get into the UC system. There was no room for them.
6: They don't know if there is a capital of the United States or what it is. <clears throat> you know, uh, my fairness,
4: uh, my fairness bone demands I say, if you stood there long enough talking to enough people, right, you could get people with
6: gaps in their knowledge God, you shouldn't come across a college student anywhere in america that doesn't know what ocean is on the east side of the united states
4: nor what's the capital of the united states nor who was the first president of the united states the stars on the flag you ought to freaking know that how would well but but ladies and gentlemen here's where i whirl on you those kids did not raise themselves, they did not teach themselves. No. What kind of world have we either built or allowed to be built that yielded kids like that? Not only I'm calling them kids, they're they're adults. And UCLA students. Holy crap. Yeah.
6: That is unbelievable. I'm shocked by it makes me worry about my own kids, thinking, Am I do my, do my make, making sure my kids don't end up like that? I can't believe their lack of curiosity. God dang it. Aren't you interested just like on your own in the, in, in some of this stuff? I used to read the almanac to try to like figure out various things that I was wondering. You know, you have no interest. You don't know what ocean is on the east side of the United States. You don't know anything about like coming across from England or anything like that. Travel in the ocean, how they did it, when they did it, n- nothing, n- none of that soaked through of course you know i've mentioned many times before about my kids not learning a lot of the things that i learned as a kid they they can tell you who uh various uh historical figures i've never heard of are (laughs) well i know in california the kids
4: don't learn so much about uh, george washington and thomas jefferson but plenty about cesar chavez right with all due respect
6: but uh and you know and i don't want to I mean that's all important. I don't want it to become just that. I think I think what you said is the most important thing is that they, they don't any any bad feelings you have toward those they, all hot people. Thank God those uh, for those women that are they're hot. They're hot. They're hot chicks. You'll you'll find a man and maybe he can help you out since you don't even know that there is a capital or what it is of the United States. I just can't right. imagine you working anywhere. But um, uh, you shouldn't have any bad feeling toward them whatsoever. They didn't get there on their own, <laughs> you know. Lack of
4: curiosity—I uh, don't know. Maybe that's genetic or something like that. I suppose you could lay that on the kids. Uh, but uh, the idea that you don't need to know anything about your country, its history, how it works, civics—in short—is um, shocking. It's shocking, and it's it's unknown around the world. I guarantee you, ask a Finn. To tell them about Finland, for
6: instance. They can tell you plenty. You know, likewise, you know, virtually any nation on Earth. Well, do they feel like that their country is the root of all evil and the world would be a better place without it in Finland? Indoctrinated for a lifetime on that idea? No, certainly not. not. Because that would
4: be insane uh, and stupid.
6: So when I hear things like three-quarters of 12th graders are below proficient in math and 80% are below proficient in science, I always think... That's just that's something wrong there. I mean, that, that, that can't possibly be true. But then I, I hear that. I see that thing where they're they're talking to college kids on the beach who don't know the most basic things. That's just shocking to me.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Dying
6: empire. What are you going to do? Yeah, it is. Really. is. God, what, what is the standard for getting into a, a place like UCLA? What what is the standard? He should ask, are you a fake rower or something?
4: I'm sure she's... Is your head put on a pole vaulter perhaps.
6: And uh and there are studies
4: <laughs> Not literally, photoshopped I mean. And there
6: are, <laughs> and there are studies that show that you you show come out of college with no more knowledge than she went in with,
4: right? Right. Yeah. As my 22-year-old daughter sometimes still says to me, Dad, it's a good thing you're pretty.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is something. If you have any comment Uh, on it, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. It's it's stunning. I mean, I'm stunned. I don't even know how to react to that. Sometimes they ask slightly harder questions, which still bother me, like what are the three branches of government and stuff like that, but Wow.
3: What's the capital of
6: the country? How did you get out of second grade without a note without knowing that? Yeah, I
4: know. It's unbelievable. You know, I'll keep this brief. We could discuss this at length. Certainly this next aspect of it. But uh, for instance, we were talking about uh, practical real world finance being taught in schools and got this nice note from Kendra uh, several days ago, but I held on to it who describes her, um, one of her son's classes. Uh, called Advanced Algebra with Financial Application. And it is, f- it, the description of it's fantastic. We don't have time for it right now, but it is a school. Maybe it was the teacher designed the course. I'm not sure, but it's a fabulous idea. It's an incredibly valuable class. I mean, it, it's so, like, I- I- inspiring and smart. It ought to be in every school in the nation. But it's probably in 1% of the schools in the nation. Meanwhile, you have a civics class, basic civics, what our country is and how it works, that many, many, many kids come out of school with no idea of. And what percentage of American high schools, for instance, has a civics class? I'll bet it is exceedingly low. How did we permit
6: that as a society? I'll tell you what it is. It's a country founded on white supremacy, and how it works is a systemic racist patriarchy run by uh, white men. I answered your questions. Wow, that didn't take a whole semester. <laughs> is this going to be on the
4: quiz? Abraham Lincoln said it. There is no way this country will end by an outside force. If indeed this republic goes away, it will be at our own hand.
5: Armstrong and Getty, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, I got my pants on. the Armstrong and Getty Show.
6: Summer's over. If you're a parent, summer ends when kids go back to school, right? It doesn't matter what the uh, moon says or the orbit of the Earth or the calendar or anything else. It's Indeed, yeah. It's when the kids go back to school, summer is over. No doubt about it. So NBC out with a new poll yesterday. A whole bunch of different numbers. Could start anywhere. They're all kind of interesting. A lot of negativity, I'll tell you that. It's just a lot of... A lot of people aren't happy with a lot of different things, but which uh, we'll all that. of them? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with
4: summer now officially over, do I have to stop listening to yacht rock? <laughs> yeah. Probably. Cause should. I've really been enjoying that.
6: You know, okay. Now, now I'm going to go all melancholy. Somebody pointed this out to me a couple of years ago. And if you start look, you start counting summers, it can get pretty depressing pretty fast. But, uh, like my son who's 12, summer, the school summer's over and I got, Five, six more, depending on, you know, what he does the moment he graduates. And that's it. Yeah. that's the end of it. It's amazing. I remember the first time in my life, it was, uh, I was
4: probably around 50, something like that. Maybe a couple of years older than that. It was one of those first noticeably cool, shorter days. And I had that summer is over feeling. And I thought, that's another one gone. Limited number to come. Oh boy! Uh-oh. Aren't you old
6: happy? Fitting? Aren't you
4: one foot in the grave?
6: <laughs> Aren't you happy you tuned in? God, eh, what T- are you going to do? Tired of listening to radio shows that don't give you all the perspective on life when you tune the- in?
4: Tired of waking up in the morning and not thinking about the grave? <laughs> tune in on Strong and Getty; they'll remind you
6: am ah, sorry, there's something
4: wrong with me, I apologize. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm anyway. trying to treasure the time while I have it, right?
6: Sure. <laughs> um, uh, feelings toward the Republican Party or the Democratic Party? Both parties are upside down by quite a bit. It's basically a tie, so we'll call it 16 points. Both parties are upside down by 16 points in terms of a positive feeling or a negative feeling. Both parties. At least they're equal. <laughs> I mean, it's actually 17 for Democrats, 15 for Republicans, but it's within the margin bearer. So let's call it 16. But both of them pretty good, solidly upside down. More people disliking them than liking them. So I don't know what you do with that information. Uh, same with uh, uh, both uh, both presidents, both vice presidents, current and the most recent up you know, upside down. What I'd love to see
4: is uh perception of the Republican Party among Republicans, Democratic right. Party among Democrats. Right.
6: But uh, this is big picture. We're going big picture.
4: All right. 30,000 feet.
6: We're uh we're at 74% of the country says we're on the wrong track. It has been that as Chuck Todd pointed out on Meet the Press yesterday, now for over a year. That is by far the longest streak of being over 70%. Since Meet the Press, which is the longest-running show in the history of television, uh, it's been over 70% of Americans think we're on the wrong track for over a year, which is a record. Also a record, best years are behind us at 58%. Our best Ooh. years as a country to come are behind us. Record high, 58% of Americans say our best years are behind us. I think I'm in that category. If you have to pick one, which do you pick? Behind us or ahead of us?
4: Mm, Behind us. And I'll tell you why. Uh, Some are domestic politics. This stuff we rant and rave about all the time. I won't go through the list. Ever since the women got the vote, I've felt that way. Oh, boy. Oh, we had to go there. Uh, You know, I was uh, actually thinking about this a great deal. as I was reading about various geopolitical conflicts and thinking about, what is it? The Euclidean trap or something with the rising power and the great power and they got to fight. I thought... uh, Boy, that the preceding thirty years was a weird blip in history. Yeah, where our empire was was mostly peaceful, incredibly prosperous, uh, a little blip or two there and there, uh, unchallenged essentially for supremacy, and
6: at uh, good times. And it happens. I mean, so I I'm a cheerleader. I love the country. I'm a cheerleader, and I'm a mostly optimistic big picture most of the time. Small picture, I'm very pessimistic. Big picture, I tend to be optimistic. But um right, uh, it happens. It's like in 19, I don't know, pick the right year, 1938. If you're a Brit and said, "Oh no, I think our best years are ahead of us," it doesn't make you. It makes you a, a dunce. Doesn't make you <laughs> some sort of leader,
4: right? Right. Well, I, you know, in many ways speaking of aging and in the summer sweet summer departing, uh my best days are behind me in a lot of regards. <laughs> that's, maybe not. That's maybe clearly, not all of them. That's
6: clearly true.
4: <laughs> but what am I going to do? Put my head in the new snow. I'm going to make the best of what I got.
6: Uh <laughs> That's funny if you bring it back to your own person.
4: Yeah. Are your best days? Well, it depends on what you mean. Yeah. I
6: got a few more bucks to go out
4: to eat if I want, which is nice. But, you know, I used to be young and handsome and studly, as far <laughs> as you know. And those days are gone, let's face it.
0: <laughs> this is so depressing.
6: <laughs> ah, boy. Um, I'll throw out some random ones here before I get to the, the, the big one. Man, we're eating up time here. Yeah. Percentage that would carry a protest sign broken down by party. I don't think I would ever carry a protest sign. Very unlikely. I'm a guess. Okay. But uh, 48% of Republicans would carry a protest sign, 79% of Democrats, and they portrayed Uh that as so much more enthusiasm for the Democratic Party. I think it's just the kind of person... It's just the outlook on the world that you think carrying protest signs matters. And I just think way more people on the left think protesting in the street is how you affect change. I don't. I don't actually think that. I think voting for the right person with the right policy changes. So I'm not going to protest.
4: But I, I think your analysis is 100% correct. There's definitely much greater taste for bellowing in the streets as if that does any good on the left. There's also the factor of... Are you a, an unemployed or underemployed 23 year old living with mom and dad? And if so, what is your political affiliation?
6: I think that answers a lot of the question too. That's true. If you're childless and 24, what do you want to do this weekend? If you got kids and you're anywhere from like 35 to 50 and you got kids, I know what I'm going to do this weekend. Take care of kids. I'm not going right. to go protest. Do you want to go down to the uh, protest against Brett Kavanaugh? Uh, no. (laughs) Uh, one more kind of... So, the Inflation Reduction Act. Here's yet another poll. The big Inflation Reduction Act. The choice was not make a difference, make things worse for me, make things better for me, and not make a difference and make things worse tie at roughly 35 and 36. Make things better for me down at 26. Wow. (laughs) A quarter of people thinks it'll make better, then you got uh, about a third each that say it will either not make a difference or actually make things worse for me. The Inflation wow. Reduction Act. So there you go. But if I'm a lefty, I think I don't care. I don't care what you call it. And I don't care what it does to inflation. I've been wanting the big, giant green revolution, and this is the biggest investment yet in it. So you, you won on that point.
0: Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
0: Wait! Did we just invent California?
2: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <laughs>
5: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center.
0: Jack
6: Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, is Armstrong and Getty.
4: The Minneapolis Federation of Teachers uh, went on a two-week-long strike against the Minneapolis Public Schools uh, District. And they just came to a deal... And the deal included a bargaining agreement for various proposals, including one that fires educators based on their race. White teachers will be fired before minority teachers. The specific wording is how it works. And they use the term "excessing" a teacher which makes me hate everybody involved immediately because it's a bureaucracy and they throw jargon around and the rest of it. If they're going to lay somebody off, they call it accessing a teacher. Okay, Mm -hmm. Starting with the spring 2023 budget tie-out cycle, if accessing a teacher who is a member of a population underrepresented among licensed teachers in the site, the district shall access the next least senior teacher who is not a member of an underrepresented population meaning um, uh, seniority matters, but if, you know, the least senior person's a, a black woman or whatever, you skip her and fire the first white guy or gal who comes along.
6: So you could just state it as simply as fire the white people first. Yeah, that is not an exaggeration of what the policy is. Um, I can understand what their goal is because, uh, you know, I read about the, 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 population of the school is, is heavenly people of color and the teaching staff is not. And they want to get, you know, like they did with, uh, the policing in a lot of neighborhoods. They want to have the police force look like the neighborhood. They want to have the teaching force look like the school to a certain extent. So I understand what their goal is, but is this going to fly legally? The idea no. of firing white people <laughs> white people first?
4: <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, it's, there are so many things wrong with it. First of all, uh, constitutionally. Uh, well, here's uh, James Dickey from the Upper Midwest Law Center. Clip 72, Michael.
1: The Supreme Court has repeatedly said that an attempt to remedy past discrimination that no longer exists um, by discriminating in the present is a, a violation of the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. And that's the case here. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's,
4: it's almost funny in kind of a pathetic way that they're running this up the flagpole. I mean, it wouldn't last for a second in front of the judiciary. I mean, it's just, it's, it's idiotic that they're even trying this. Uh, but they're virtue signaling, and, and honestly, I'll bet a lot of the people who are in favor of this have no idea how incredibly unconstitutional it is. Um, but it's, uh, it is amazing. You know, and it doesn't matter if that white person is a handicapped single mother of four or anything like that. All that matters is the color of your skin. You know, the caption on, uh, or uh, somebody tweeted out the headline about this story and their uh, comment was, boy, anti-racism sure looks like racism. Right. And it does. Uh, let's see. I think there was one more clip. Oh, this is, this is beautiful. Give me 73. This is Garrett Tenney on Fox News.
0: The teachers' union is not backing down, though. In fact, some of its members are suggesting this policy could serve as a model for
6: schools nationwide. Who's saying that? <laughs> this policy wow. of fire white people first could be a model for schools nationwide. Well, okay. So let me put on my, my fairness hat. Uh, I, As,
4: Jack, you indicated, I understand the idea of um it would be really good if you are have a significant uh, portion of uh, black students for instance 33% in in minneapolis schools um for them to have uh, role models uh heroes teachers who are of the same race i get that that's of some value I mean, it's, it's semi unfortunate that it's still of some value, but, you know, the realist in me understands that it is. Um, somebody who looks like me, maybe sounds like me, whatever. Wow. They've become a success and they're telling me I can become a success. That, that is a beautiful thing. But how you get there is the entire question. And uh, as a, as a legal
6: matter, it's beyond solved. Well, if I was going to put on your fairness, settled. If I was going to put on your fairness hat because I'd have to borrow yours, I don't even have a fairness hat. So. Well, and we both have gigantic heads, so it would probably fit. It says something about me that I don't own a fairness hat. I have to borrow Joe's fairness hat. <laughs> but to, uh, to look at it this way. So if I'm, if I got a, a black kid in school and you got all the presidents up on the wall and all 45 of them except for one are white and all my teachers are white, you know, I start to get a certain view of the world. Uh, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's a good point it's and well said. And, uh, and and this part, there are a lot of things that, uh, like that lawyer guy said. There, the Supreme Court has ruled that as long as the system that, that that got us to all white people in charge is 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 no longer doing that thing, well, then we can't fix it with racism. The problem is there's a lot of things that are continuing down that road, kind of for. It's difficult to know why, you know, why there are so many white NFL coaches still, why there are so many white uh, you know, teachers in that school or whatever. I don't think there's racism specifically going on. It's not um it's not uh, codified, but but it continues to be whiter than you'd think it would be. So, what's going on there? I just think it's a question of time. It'll take a uh, long time apparently, longer than I thought it would. Yeah, well,
4: it takes a long time to become an NFL head coach, for instance. Um, and yeah, honestly, black people were discouraged from being an NFL head coach or just wouldn't be hired 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, yeah, it's troubling. It's, uh, it's not cool and I'm not in favor of it, but the question always gets back to how to solve it or, or uh, what what mechanisms what defenses can we put in place and what word am i looking for it doesn't matter um to ensure that nothing insidious is going on and then we can go with positive stuff recruiting uh, black teachers for the minneapolis school district uh letting people know how incredibly rewarding it is to teach people
6: um, that sort of thing. Positives. It's, you
4: know, like recruiting black cops. It's a great idea. Of
6: course, nobody for- wants the job anymore as we've got a teacher shortage nationwide and people are quitting like crazy for all kinds of different reasons. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to get anybody to want to do it now, but. Well, yeah, and honestly, I'll bet Minneapolis has an issue with the fact
4: that uh, the woke crowd that's in favor of some of this uh, outrageous racial policy is also demanding that their teachers teach the uh, let's sexualize the six-year-olds stuff. Let's talk to them about uh, gender queer and 53 different genders and ask them if they'd like to be a little girl today and that sort of thing. And among black America, that sort of stuff ain't cool. Interesting. So there's one more point I want to make on the Minneapolis teachers thing, because I think about this sort of thing a lot. Um, these people have declared that the awesome, and I mean that in the classical sense, it causes awe, the, the enormous, the terrifying power to discriminate by race and decide who gets what based on the color of their skin they're declaring not only can anybody do that, and most of the Western world, the developed world, has rejected that notion vehemently, that anybody gets to do that for any reason, because it's a horror. But so these people are asking us to, A, put that aside, and B, they're saying, and uh, the person who is uh, so wise and benevolent and trustworthy to wield that horrific power that would be me and i'm thinking the process to choose who was so wise benevolent and amazing that they could wield that terrifying power that process ought to be a little more careful than you just self-appoint yourself i mean good lord (laughs) and then the second or is it third doesn't matter point that is inescapable and irrefutable, I believe, is that stuff doesn't work. You don't end up with racial reconciliation and more opportunity and, and a more productive society and better outcomes, you end up with hatred, bloodshed, violence, and, 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 and just nothing but terrible outcomes. So it's difficult for those of us who don't see the world through the woke lens to say, yeah, okay, we'll go ahead. We'll go ahead and grant you that, that horrific power because there's zero data to show that that yields good outcomes. Right. Well, of course. Oops, Appealing to
6: data and logic is white supremacy. Using racism to fix racism seems like a uh, terrible idea. And uh, I don't think you could argue me off of that point. I would say that again, putting on Joe's fairness hat, because I don't even own one. Um,
4: I'm going to check it for lice when you give it back to me. I just, it's just sensible.
6: While I would say if every one of my kids' teachers were black, for instance, their entire school career, I wouldn't care at all as long as they're good teachers. But it's not the same thing, I understand that, because my kids Mm -hmm. don't look around and see um, nothing but black faces in charge of everything and wonder what's going on here. So it's not the same thing. Right. Sure.
4: Sure. But again, the entire question is how do you get where you want to go? And the answer is not this way, Minneapolis.
5: Armstrong and Getty.
3: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.
2: Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com.
3: Jack Armstrong and Joe
5: Getty. I you. Let's go, Brandon. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: This is put together beautifully, this article, by the way. We'll I'll, we'll put the link at Armstrongandgetty.com. I'm not sure if you'll get paywalled. You get a certain number of free articles. Um, but as you scroll down to the next part of the article, they have the screen. Hey, you've been reading this article for two hours and eighteen minutes and five seconds. I've had it open for quite some time, getting ready for the show. Uh, you have been scrolling 7% of the time, zero clicks, zero keystrokes, uh, idle time has been X number seconds since I touched the mouse, uh, and active time has been 3%. Your grade is pending. So they've actually used the software to, to monitor the readers of the article. It's crazy in lower paying jobs monitoring is already ubiquitous, not just at Amazon, where the second by second measurements became notorious, and one of my kids quit because it was brutal uh but also for Kroger cashiers u p s drivers and millions of others. Eight of the ten largest private u s employers track the productivity metrics of individual workers, many of them in real time
6: uh, what percentage or did you say there number eight one? of ten wow eight of the
4: ten largest private u s employers Wow. And it's from uh, blue-collar to white-collar, everything in between. Many employees, whether working remotely or in person, are subject to trackers, scores, idle buttons, or just quiet, constantly accumulating records. Pauses can lead to penalties from pay to lost jobs. Some more examples of how this works that I found super interesting.
6: I only have my own anecdotal experience with one particular industry and particular job, but I've worked at so many different radio stations in the 30... Six years I've been doing this or whatever. Um, and every time a radio station made salespeople like be in their chair by 8 a.m. and not leave till 5 p.m. and monitored this and that, it, they, they, they had worse salespeople than when they let people just, you know, this is how much money you need to bring in every month. Do it however you want to do it. Yep. And that's, that's my only experience with it, but the, 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 the second one worked better than the first one.
4: Yeah, be results oriented, not process oriented, right. especially for a job like that. Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, not the trend. And, and you don't make any money selling software teaching people to be energy, energetic and creative, I guess. Uh, so getting back to the New York Times piece, radiologists, that's a good profession. See scoreboards showing their inactivity time and how their productivity stacks up against colleagues, companies what? including JP Morgan, they tracking
6: they actually put up there how you're doing against your co-workers? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> nope. Uh,
4: J.P. Morgan tracking how employees spend their days from making phone calls to composing emails become routine practice. Uh, in Britain, Barclays Bank uh, uh, was sending prodding messages to workers like, Not enough time in the zone yesterday. They stopped that actually because it caused an uproar, but, uh, United Healthcare Group, low keyboard activity can affect compensation and sap your bonuses.
6: Oh, I have really low keyboard activity. Not, what did that phrase there? Not enough comp, and not enough, whatever. Not was. enough time in the zone yesterday. Yeah, that's not what your mom said.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I want to get to a couple more, uh, examples. Uh United Healthcare. United Health social workers were marked idle for lack of keyboard activity while counseling patients in drug treatment facilities. Grocery cashiers said the pressure to quickly scan items degraded customer service, making it harder to be patient with the elderly shoppers who move slowly, etc., Right. Et ah, cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, the executive and, gal said she sometimes resorted to doing busy work that is mindless to accumulate clicks. Because
6: Jack, what's that principle? Goodhart's law. As soon as a measure becomes a goal, it ceases to be a good measure. That's what I was just thinking. So if the measure is going to be how fast you scan items, well, then people are just going to scan items. They're going to suck at everything else. You're going to go backwards in the overall efforts of what you're trying to do, but you'll meet that one measure, which has now become a goal.
4: Right, so you've got this woman who is a gifted, experienced, uh, respected finance executive, now just doing busy work, just typing crap on the keyboard, (laughs) so she gets keystrokes.
6: Right, so you're talking to your friends, and one hand is over on the computer just diddling on the keys randomly. I can see doing that.
4: Says Ryan Fuller, former Vice President for Workplace Intelligence at Microsoft. We're in this era of measurement, but we don't know what we should be measuring. Well, and Goodhart's Law, which is, nobody knows you establish that number as a standard people will pervert what they're doing to hit that number it won't lead to overall productivity
6: it'll lead to that number <laughs> right right and you can come up with all kinds of examples of that aren't there aren't there ways to just measure Overall performance, better like we use the example of sales. That one's pretty easy. Just, you know, how much money are you bringing in every month? This is how much you need to bring in. However you do it, I don't care. But can't you do that with other ways? You need to load this many boxes per hour. However you do that, I don't care. You need to, you know, what whatever it is. Yeah, loading a number of boxes is one of these
4: measures we're talking about. You know, it depends job-to-job, industry-to-industry. It's really hard to give a, a uniform answer that covers finance, executives, salespeople, and box stackers. Um, but, uh, I have one more example. It's quite a long article and there's much more to be said about it, but we're running low on time.
6: God, how so, uh, insulting to Once a, you get to a certain level of uh, salary and uh, respect in your industry, you feel like, and you start having bosses measuring your keystrokes or how many minutes you spent doing this. That's just insulting. <laughs>
4: Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Uh, so I have very few heroes, uh, but one of them is my late mom. And I will try not to get to, try not to blubber in discussing this. Uh, just, she had an amazing life. And in her fifties, she went back to school, got a master's of uh, divinity, got it ordained and spent her time ministering, um, in, uh, caring for the dying in hospices. And, uh, this last example is going to make you want to punch something. I don't know what. I don't recommend you do, but you're going to want to. The Reverend Margot Richardson of Minneapolis became a hospice chaplain to help patients wrestle with deep, searching questions: How am I going to face my own death? How will my family do without me? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And now, two years ago, her employer started requiring chaplains to accrue more of what it called productivity points. A visit to the dying is little as one point. Participating in a funeral, one and three quarters of a point. Phone call to a grieving relative, one quarter point. This can't be true. It is absolutely true. And she said, uh, let's see, where is her quote? Um, she had to resort to dropping by when her Patients, charges, whatever, were asleep in a hospice, laying eyes on them, asking the nurse, is there any issues here I should know about, and then quickly going to the next place so she could get her points right. accumulated. And if some poor, dying old person needed a little extra moment of her time to talk about getting right with the Lord or whatever, she would had the pressure to move on and get more clicks.
6: That's the worst thing I've ever heard.
4: Not all change is progress, people. I know. I know. It it makes you fear for the world. <laughs> the idea that somebody would think that's a good idea.
6: Yeah, and just because with modern technology you can do these things doesn't mean it's going to make it better. Yeah. Yeah. And I And I think in reality, if you want to look big picture, I think the... Whatever your uh industry is, the company across the street that's not doing this crap, that just hires well and trusts the good people they hired to do well is going to and
4: rewards run, people doing well yeah. is going to run circles around you. Yeah, we didn't even get into cameras and software that tracks where your eyes are looking, that sort of thing. Haven't even begun. <laughs> it's crazy cameras that keep track of where your eyes are looking. Absolutely. Oh, holy crap. I just looked away from the screen to look at Jack. Oh, wait a minute. That's, uh, wait, the clock's ticking. That's not productive time.
6: Wow. How in, how twitchy would this make you? <laughs> You'd be twitching all the time, wetting yourself. All kinds of problems.
0: Armstrong and Getty. Hey, guys. You know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
0: Wait!